is in Canada with God Time here on The Breakfast Show. It is time to get stuck into our Bible study. Before we do, as we always do at this time of the day, we have text messages and we have another question for our quiz. What were the Zamzumans? The Zamzumans. The Zamzumans. When I heard, I heard this question yesterday because producer Shell ran it past me and I'm like, I know that I've heard of the Zamzumans. Mm-hmm. How can you ever read that and it not stick in your head as something that you know you have read? Mm-hmm. But I could not place it. But what are they? You have multiple choice yeah. here. Yeah. Are they A, goldsmiths, B, people with six fingers and toes, C, giants, or D, sorcerers? 0491-064-669 is the number to call. This is a biblical question. It is. Uh, again, who there are... There's one correct answer. Who are the Zamzumans? And I got it wrong when I was asked because I took a stab and got it wrong. Yeah. And Lawson took a stab. Yeah, my answer was funny, but I can't even talk about it because then I'll give it away. But <laughs> <laughs> who are the Zamzumans? Were they the funny answer. It's not that one. Were they goldsmiths, people with six fingers and toes, giants, or sorcerers? Of course, if you get that question correct, you'll go into the draw to win our Bible study companion set, the Conflict of the Ages box set. We'll give it to you for free. All you have to do is win the draw. And all you have to do to win the draw is get get questions correct. So answer this one correctly and you will be entered for it. Okay, so heading over to text messages, uh, Vincent wants some, wants some of that gel. Mm-hmm. He says, this gel sounds great. It, it does. It does. Yep. So, so what gel are we talking about? You're chucking in your None of our listeners right now know what we're talking about. Yeah, remind us, Lawson, that was a cool story. Yeah, yeah. basically Duke University have created this cartilage replacement gel that you can chuck in your knees and keep walking around um it'll go into full production in 2023 so next year that's that's amazing and yeah they're pretty much ready to go they've done all the possible stress tests and everything and they've they're like they're ready to get this done so it's exciting it's interesting about some of the stuff like this that they're producing these days i was looking at an article about breast implants the other day where they've created one here in australia where they put this mesh inside the breast and then over time it just becomes part of the body so with all of the other ones that they've used in the past, like saline or silicon or whatever, um, you, you've got to replace them every 15 years. They, mm. You can get complications with them. You get a dodgy one from a dodgy part of the world and it's not going to work. Mm. You know, and particularly for uh, women who are you know, dealing with breast cancer and so forth and having breast reconstruction, there's just fantastic technology mm. that's out there these days. They mm. just put this mesh in there and over time it's just like it's part bada of your bing, body. Bada boom. Yeah. There you go. So there is some incredible technology getting around. Uh, let's go to other text messages. We've got a few of them here going back all the way to the beginning of the show. Glad that science is resolving your problems for your old age, Lawson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm way older than you. I will have to wait for a few years to get a full new body. Mm. Of course, the New World Order wants us all to be connected by artificial intelligence by 2030 to resolve all of our problems. Yeah, I can't wait to get a microchip in my hand to be able to pay for stuff. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I can't, you know, my Tesla door key, that'll be in forehead. My, my fingers. Nah, well, both, right? You know, <laughs> in the forehead, in my arm, in my in my right hand. Like, I'm, I'm excited. You'll just never have to worry about losing your keys ever again, right? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, okay, all right. Um, I kind of like the idea that that Raphael's brought up here of a complete new body. Yeah, amen. Not just new knees, just just do the whole thing, Mm. top to to bottom. Mm. 
full new body. Okay, discrimination law forcing doctors to do what they don't want to do. Hope the court's blockage will remain in force. What has happened to our world? Who would have thought it would become so bad? Who would have thought this would have ever ended up in court? Mm. Who would have thought that there would ever be a time when doctors would be forced to do things based on ideology rather than good science and good medical practice? Well, historically, that's happened a lot. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah, okay. You- <laughs> All right. Like, particularly in the last 100 years, probably yes. more than any other time throughout history, doctors have done terrible things because of ideology, so... You know, who would have thought that something would have changed and they wouldn't have been doing it in 2023, <laughs> 2022? All right. Uh, Paul Campion, good for him. All parents should stand up against such disgraceful laws. His daughter came first. The radio station should be ashamed of themselves and so should the Queensland government. Unfortunately, those in charge have no shame. God will judge them accordingly. Strong words right there, and I agree with them 100%. Any parent... Any father has the right to stand up for their child and particularly any father has the right to stand up for their daughter. And I just feel very positive about this. I don't know the guy from Adam. I never heard of him before mm. but because I'm not from Queensland. Don't listen to Queensland radio. But um, I think that his daughter should hold her head proud knowing that she has a father who is willing to stand up for her. Mm. And I think that's going to set her on a very good path in life. Mm. Oh, Totally. Uh, you know what the Bible says about hurting children and the consequences? Yeah, it sure does. It says it'd be better off if they had a millstone tied around their neck and thrown into the sea. Mm. The will. Mm-hmm. Sugar weakens the will. Yes. Yeah. So this is an interesting discussion. Okay, it goes on. Not too long ago, I changed from sweets, including chocolate, by simply changing to dates. I haven't eaten chocolate since I started. Simply amazing. It's a miracle. I remember a report where a whole prison... Oh, it talks about this whole prison that was changed over. Yeah, we talked about that earlier in the interview. Mm. Um, And, uh, yeah, changed over, went sugar-free and drastically dropped their levels of violence. And then finally, everything in moderation in frozen grapes and dates in my... I think that's in frozen grapes and also in dates. Mm. I don't think it means frozen dates as well, uh, but frozen grapes and in eating dates. In my research, up to six dates a day, it's good for you. I like dates. Mm. I go on dates with producer Shell. Yeah, it's all, all the different it's varieties of dates. I could, I could handle six of those a day. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. That's awesome. Unfortunately, life gets in the way sometimes, yeah. but... <laughs> we need to have jobs yeah. and work them. I wonder whether we've ever had six in a day. I have to think about that. Maybe while we're on holiday. Six days. Go for breakfast, go out for lunch, go out for dinner, that's three. Go to the beach before lunch, that's four. Go to the beach after lunch, that's five. Go for a walk. Yeah, I think we could have had six dates in a day during the uh, holidays. Ah, that's cute. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm currently having zero dates a day. Ah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I just like, I just like mandarins in, instead. You know, I, I like eating mandarins. That's... Yep. <laughs> okay. I see. I see how this goes. Yeah. I am without words. Yep. You you can't. I'm not going to say anything. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get on with the show. Let's go and let's talk about our Bible study because we have an awesome one today. Mm. It's Exodus chapter 32 and we're going to start reading in verse 1. We're going to read a few verses and then we're going to come back and talk about a bit of context. Exodus 32. Yep. Start in verse 1. 
Let's turn the page there. The Bible says, When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said. Make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt. Yeah, keep going a bit further. Continues on. So Aaron said, take all the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. And all the people took their gold rings from the ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, Oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Okay, let's stop the right here for a moment. I, I kind of wonder why Aaron told them to bring their earrings, mm-hmm. their jewellery, mm-hmm. because they've got a lot of gold. Mm-hmm. They've, they plundered the Egyptians before they left Egypt. And so they don't need to take their earrings, but he specifically asks for their earrings. And I think there might have been a bit of a strategy here. Aaron was not a strong leader. Mm. And I think he might have been like, yeah, you know what? They're really attached to their jewellery. They'll be less inclined to make me do this. Mm. Not that anyone made him to do it, but they'll be less inclined to make me do this. It'll give them pause for thought if they have to sacrifice their earrings. Mm. But he misjudged. They're like, yeah, here, take my jewellery, take my earrings. Yeah. Let's make a I golden wanna, calf. I want to worship a cow. Yeah. <laughs> I want to worship a not real cow. In expense, you, you know. Now, I like my cows. Beauty. I love cows too. I cows are cows awesome. Are cool. They're not unbelievably intelligent. Mm. They're not intelligent like a dog or a crow mm. or something like that. They're or just a sort of rat. Around. They're nice creatures, but... To worship one? Yeah. Just no. I think we just can identify that they live the best lives because they just stand around and eat food. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. That's a thought. Maybe they're worshipping comfort because cows do nothing but lie around and eat food until their eventual death. This could be true. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. let's think about this for a moment because they kind of have that comfort in the wilderness. Oh. Because what do they do? Well, they wake up in the morning, they pick up their manna, mm-hmm. they eat it. Mm-hmm. They're living in a relative comfort. They're basically cows. Okay, but it, 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 more so there's, there's something uh, really, really... I want you to think about here Mm -hmm. in relationship to uh, this whole issue of worshipping the cows and the manna and so forth. Mm -hmm. And that is the track record of the Israelites up until this particular point because that's what's really going to come up in this particular Bible study. So let's let's have a bit of a think about it for a moment because here they're like, oh, these are your gods who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. It's a cow. Mm. You're literally worshipping a cow. Um. But let's go back to the Red Sea crossing. They come up to the Red Sea. And they have seen the plagues poured out on Egypt Mm. over and over and over again. They have seen the power of God. They have seen whose side God is on. They leave Egypt and they're following the pillar of cloud. So the cloud is visibly there in front of them. They end up on the shores of the Red Sea and the Egyptian army turns up behind them and is about to annihilate them. Mm. And having seen which side God is on 
and having seen the power of God, they come to Egypt and they're like, oh, we were better to die in Egypt. Mm. The cloud is right there. And at that particular point, if I was God, I'd be like, these guys have seen so much. Mm. And they want to go back to Egypt? Uh, this cloud's going to drift away. Mm. But I'm not God because the cloud stayed. Then they cross the Red Sea. The cloud leads them across the Red Sea. The entire Egyptian army is destroyed in the Red Sea. They're on the other side of the Red Sea. They have the greatest celebration service ever. That's Exodus chapter 15. And then in Exodus chapter 16, they're getting short on food and they say, Oh, would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt. Mm. This is just a couple of days later. After having crossed through the Red Sea, and the cloud is still there. And then you come on a little bit further and you come to Rephidim and the water's no good and guess what they say? What do they say? Why did you bring us out of the land of Egypt to kill us? Mm. And the cloud is still there. Then they come to Mount Sinai and they make this golden calf. And here's what they actually do, right? They've heard God speak from on top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. They wake up in the morning. They look out of their tent. They see the cloud where the voice of God came from. They reach down to the ground. They pick up manna, which they eat for their breakfast, which supernaturally appeared overnight. Mm. And then they go and make a golden calf. Yeah, wow. They make that golden calf on the energy of the manna that they ate that morning in the visible presence of the cloud. Wow. It's pretty full on, isn't it? Mm. And also with the knowledge that they have nothing in their pantry. Yeah. There is, you know, every single day at the end of the day, their pantry is empty. Mm -hmm. They do not live like they have always lived in the past and like they will live in the future where you go grow crops through the spring, harvest them in the summer and store them for the rest of the year. Mm. And you're able to relax because you've got a big pile of grain that is stored up. They have nothing in storage Mm. every day. They have nothing in storage every day. They wake up and the manna is there. Every day, and on this day, they eat the manna, and on this day, having eaten the manna, they then go and make a golden calf. Mm. That's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. How do you think you would have gone back then, Lawson? What, waking up every morning and eating manna off the ground? And then making a golden calf. Yeah, I think it's tough, eh? Because I feel like this just reflects people who just haven't been, you know, I don't want to use too much like Christianese for this, but it's like, it's just, it's just such a reflection of unconversion, like to be completely surrounded by the grace of God in such a real practical, physical sense. You know, we can look at our own lives and easily determine and come to the conclusion, wow, look at what God has done for me. But also, you know, you can not believe in God and go the other way and say, oh, no, this is everything that I've done for myself. But for these people, there is no possible way in which if they, if they open their eyes to the reality of their situation, that they could attribute any of them, their excess, uh, their success, sorry, to anything but God. Yes, they've done nothing. 
uh, and any anyone else, not mm. only themselves, but anyone else yet, they can stand there, uh, sit there, stand there before God and and <laughs> attribute his success and his blessings to someone else. So I, I think it, it shows us the, the insanity of sin mm-hmm. and the insanity, actually, of ideology. Because think about this, like they Ooh, they be interesting. they had an ideology that rejected reality in favor of an idea that they thought was more acceptable to them personally. Clearly, it was they inc- had their own truth. Yeah, that's that's right. Literally, they, they, they didn't have they didn't have truth. They had their own truth. They had their own truth. Literally, when you see God giving you food every single morning and deny that for the sake of worshipping a golden cow, you are rejecting what is truly and obviously in front of you. Yes, yeah, so you, you're rejecting what is testable, repeatable, mm-hmm. um, observable. Mm-hmm. For ideology. Oh, wow. That's, For this, an ideology. This kind of, who would have thought? It's kind of spicy. It is. And this is what I see. I, I, see, I see a situation where it's easy for us to look back at the Israelites mm. And give them a hard time. Correct. Because they do this under the cloud. Mm. They build a golden calf under the cloud. Mm. But as a listener, I want to speak to you this morning. And I want you to think about the things that you've done that have disappointed God. Mm. And while you think about that, your initial reaction is possibly, but yeah, I didn't do that under the cloud. Mm. I don't wake up every morning and see the cloud there. No, you didn't do it under the cloud. You did it under the cross. Mm. Just think about that. Mm. You did that under the cross. We give the Israelites a hard time for what they did under the cloud. It was just a cloud. We do it under the cross. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot heavier, isn't it? Mm. It's a challenge for every single one of us that we need to stop and think about. You know, there's some great lessons right here. And the first lesson is, you know, the incredible grace of God because, you know, sometimes I think we have this attitude, the cloud comes and goes. Yeah. You know, we live with this attitude like, yeah, I woke up this morning and I began my day with prayer and the cloud descended. Mm -hmm. And then on the way to work, I got angry at a driver and used bad language and the cloud disappeared. Mm. Got to work, felt sad about it. Confessed my sins and the cloud came back again. Mm. Uh, lunchtime came, ate a cupcake, cloud disappeared. <laughs> One minute later, sugar. <laughs> ate a compensatory carrot stick, cloud came back down again. Yeah. You know, we kind of have this attitude towards grace. Grace isn't like that. Mm. Does that mean that every person is saved? No. How many of them that came out of Egypt went into the promised land? Two. Two. Yeah. Just two. It doesn't mean that everybody's saved. It means that God's grace is always there and it's Mm. always available. Mm. So there's some really serious lessons we can learn from this story of the Israelites at this particular time who have done what they've done with such great evidence. Mm. And uh, what we're going to find as we come down through this story is one of the reasons why the Bible says that Moses was the meekest man on all the earth. Mm. Because we're talking about meekness this week and... uh, yeah, you've got the you've got the Israelites in the crucible right here, and they just melt. Yeah, they're done, they're over. Uh, but let's see how Moses responds. Okay, so they built this golden calf. 
verse 5, oh, and, and, and the people say, uh, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. That's what they say in mm-hmm. verse 4. Uh, let's continue on verse 5. In verse 5, the Bible says, Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, tomorrow will be the festival to the Lord. Okay, so that's a pretty wild statement right there. A festival to the Lord? Yeah, I don't think so. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It is... We're going to get back into our Bible study. Before we do, we have another question for our quiz. Another question for the quiz. The final question. Psalm 118 is sandwiched between what record-holding chapters of the Bible? So you've got Psalm 118, you've got above it Psalm 119, and below it Psalm 117. And why are they record-holding chapters of the Bible? 0491-064-669. Ah, come on, guys. It's an easy one. You can all get this. Jump on the phone right now, 0491-064-669. And while we're talking about that, um, we've got a few, we've got a few uh, text messages that came through. Frego says this, are you two on the same page? Dates and dates? <laughs> yeah, I think Raphael might have been talking about dates that are sweet. But my date is sweet. She's amazing. But Raphael yeah. might have been talking about dates that come from a date palm and he limits himself to six a day. Mm-hmm. I don't have to limit myself to six dates a day with producer Shell because I'm married to her. She's amazing. <laughs> All right. Sky likes my it's dad joke about dates. So cringe, bro. Can we move on? <laughs> oh, I'm enjoying this. All right, let's see here. The ex is the amazing thing about fear is that it freezes up the mind and the devil takes control. And I think this is something that is very real in this passage. You know, they've they've got all this evidence, but they are living out in the middle of the desert. They have not learned to live by faith. Mm. They have nothing in their pantry. Mm. And all that has to happen is for God to fail one day and they're going hungry. And, of course, they've got a very long background of Egyptian gods who fail all the time. The Egyptian gods were very, very human mm-hmm. in the way they respond to each other and in the way they respond to humans, and they were very weak, failing gods who would mess up constantly and forget about humans and you know, natural disasters would be blamed on like, well, you know, the gods forgot about me and so forth. And so you could sort of see, well, we're here in the desert. We can't actually leave this desert because... We don't have enough supply to get out of the desert. Mm. We've been brought out here by this God and we're being held, we're, we're, we have been held transom, we're trapped here. And we could go back to Egypt because Egypt would be really go, easy to go back to. We wouldn't be going back to slavery because Egypt has no pharaoh, has no army. We see what the Hyksos did when they went in there. They took the entire nation, it's the entire superpower without fighting a battle. Mm. Why? Because the entire Egyptian army was at the bottom of the Red Sea. Mm. And so you can sort of see why they'd be... The fear of living by faith mm. could freeze up the mind. Okay, freeze up the mind, the devil takes control. This will repeat it again in the last days, and the majority of Christians will turn their backs on God. Will we ever learn? Some will praise the Lord. Absolutely. Praise God mm. for that. So some good text messages coming through there. Um, also want to mention, before we get back into our Bible study, and we've got some great verses to read right here, we don't have a question of the day yet. Mm. We have used our backlog. We have answered every question there is in the backlog. If we have missed one, then we apologize. 
as far as I know, we have answered every Bible question that has ever been sent through to Faith FM. But we'd love to hear from you guys. Mm. Uh, we'd love to have another backlog of questions. So jump on the line, 0491-064-669. Send your questions through for question of the day. Yeah, awesome. All right. Where do we get up to? Verse 5. We read verse 5. Let's read verse 6. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offering. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. Keep going. The Lord told Moses, quick, go down the mountain. Your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf. They have been, they have bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so fierce, so my fierce anger can blaze against them and I will destroy them. And then I'll make you, Moses, into a great nation. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God. O Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with such great power and such a strong hand? Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them with the evil intention of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth? Turn away your fierce anger from them. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath saying to them, I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven, and I will give them all this land. And I have promised to your descendants and they will possess it forever. So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people. Okay. This is a really interesting passage here, um, particularly from verse 11 onwards. Let me ask you a question here. Why is it from this passage that we find God to be, sorry, we find Moses to be the meekest man on the earth? Because he says to not kill the Israelites. As, as we defined yesterday, we said meekness is to hold great power under restraint. Yes. And who holds the power in this passage? God. Oh, but. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Let's think about who holds the power in this passage. Let's read it again. Verse 11, Moses sought the favor of the Lord, mm. his God. He said, uh, oh, no, 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 sorry, verse 9. Mm. Verse 10, now. where God says, Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them. Mm. Who holds the power? God. Because this yes. is God speaking. But God says, leave me alone so that... Mm. My anger can burn against them. What is God doing? He... He's handing his power to Moses. Yeah. You've got a... I mean, God is always God. So God mm. is always going to hold the power. And we get that. So that's never going to change. So God is always God. Mm. But what he does in this situation is... And this is an interesting circumstance because you know God knows the future and he knows what he's going to do. Mm. But in this situation... He actually hands the power to Moses. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, Moses, it's up to you. Mm. If you stand, if you get out of my way, I'll destroy them and I'll make a great nation out of you. You can be Abraham the second. Mm. Uh, 
but if you stand in my way, he implies, and it's not even stated, he just hints at it. God just hints at it. If you stand in my way, I won't destroy them. Mm. Wow. Okay, so here you've got Moses, and Moses has dealt with every single thing these people have brought up. Every single time they've said, why didn't we stay slaves in Egypt? We're better off to be slaves in Egypt than out here in the desert. You know, and he has... He has stressed himself out. He has worked himself to the bone. He has done his absolute level best for these people at all times. He has shown patience and he has shown love and he's shown compassion for them. He's shown courage in all their most difficult situations. He has seen the power of God. He has seen them see the power of God. And he reaches this particular point where you've got a group of people who wake up in the morning, they look at the cloud, they pick up manna off the ground, eat that manna, and they are prepared to go to bed that night with an empty pantry. Mm. and uh, having gone into the most awful idolatry. Mm. And at this particular point, I don't know about you, Lawson, but I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'm done with these people. They are irredeemable. Mm. There is nothing I can do with them. Wow. And God's like, Moses is like, no. Mm. No, 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 no. Because, you know, and Moses' big concern here is, What's this going to do about your character, God? Yeah. So he's Moses, the meekest man. Why? Because he's the most powerful man on the planet at this particular point because God has bequeathed the power to him and then Moses holds that power in restraint and the people are saved. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We've come to the end of our show And we are about to have our question of the day. But before we do, we've got answers for the quiz. All right, answers for the quiz. What did Jesus say would be done to the trees that bear no fruit? He would cut them down and cast them into fire. What what did the rider of of the white horse have in his hand? He had a bow in his hand. He was also wearing a crown. But in his hand, he had a bow. Very, very specific. Jesus healed 10 men of leprosy. The Zamzumis were all giants. Yes, they were. I was like, maybe they're sorcerers and they're running around mm. going, Zamzumi or something. I don't know. But yeah, nah, they were they were all giants. La, what did you think they were? You thought they were like goldsmiths, right? Yeah, well, I was thinking the Sons of Anak were giants. And so mm. I'm like, well, the Sons of Anak were giants. But these were predecessors of the Sons of Anak. Mm. They were a giant race that lived a long time before the Sons of Anak. That's right. Sons of Anak also is where you get the six-fingered men from. Mm. Or six-fingered oh, man. That's wild. Yes. Uh, and finally, Psalm 118 is sandwiched between 117 and 119, 117 being the shortest and 119 being the longest. Chapters in the Bible. Chapters in the Bible, that's right. Uh, but right now it is time for... Question of the Day. Bruce asks this, Why did God create Eve from the rib of Adam instead of the way that he created Adam, which is from the dust. Yeah, that's a very good question right there because when you go to Genesis chapter um, 2, let me just find Genesis 2 here real quick, the Bible describes the creation of Adam uh, right there in verse 7. The Bible says, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being or a living soul is the correct uh, translation right there. And so... um, Adam was created by God from dirt. 
Eve was mm. not created from dirt. She was created from flesh, specifically the flesh from Adam's side. So we go on down a little bit further in that same story, and what you're going to find is that for Adam, no suitable helper was found, so the Lord caused him to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh, did an operation there, fairly simple one in today's world. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man and brought her to the man. Mm. And we can kind of see, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> with the science that we have today, how that, yeah, we might reach a point where you could use cells from a rib to create, not create, but to bring about the life of an individual, uh, you know, use some cells, use some DNA and transfer it across. However, we've always looked at that from the standpoint of cloning. Mm. Uh, This, of course, was not cloning because Eve was a woman. (coughs) Excuse me. Struggling here. Okay, so why from the rib? There's a number of things here that really jump to the surface. Why not make him from scratch? Well, why not make Eve from scratch? Okay, one of the reasons that you don't make Eve from scratch is to illustrate that Eve was of the same substance. If Eve had been made from scratch, she would not have been of the same substance as Adam. Mm-hmm. She would have been entirely different. She would have been made from different dirt, somewhere different in the garden, and they would have been entirely separate from each other. Mm. But what God is illustrating here and what God is physically creating is the fact that man and woman are of the same substance. Mm. They're not two different species. They are both the same substance. And this shows an equality that you don't find outside of the Bible in this perfect balance. Mm. The second thing is that when God chose to make Eve from the same substance, God chose something from his side. He didn't choose something from his head to show that the woman was to rule over his head or something from his foot to show that he was to rule over the woman. He's like, no, these two are to be the same substance to stand side by side. Mm. God didn't want one under the other or vice versa. No, God wants us to stand side by side. And then when you go down to, of course, verse 24, uh, this was why the Bible says in verse 24, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. And so Eve was not just a woman who was present there. She was his wife. That means that a marriage has taken place. And it goes on and it says, and they shall become one Flesh, And so it illustrates the incredibly close personal relationship between the husband and wife, which is reflected in the Godhead, where the Godhead is three persons but one, and the husband and wife are two persons but one because they're of the same substance. Mm. So there's lots of uh, good illustrations that we can see right here as to why God chose a rib. Don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.